Welcome to Let's Get Real, a podcast brought to you by Brittany Taylor, who shares reflections and experiences from her own unique life. General themes of the podcast thus far include natural pregnancy and healthy alternative living. The main aim of Brittany's shares is to speak from a place of open authenticity with a desire to inspire you to tap into and live more of your own unique truth, whatever that may look like for you. All are welcome here. It is an honor to be sharing in this journey together. Hello, beauties. Welcome to episode six of my podcast. Today, I am super excited to bring on a very special guest, Chantel Quick. And I'm going to be interviewing her. She's going to be talking about vaccinations. And, you know, sort of, we're going to dive into this big topic of to vaccinate, to not vaccinate, specifically talking about vaccinating a child, your child, but also, you know, just in general, um, assuming that it might be quite similar how you feel about vaccinations for yourself, too. There are a number of reasons that I'm super excited about this, um, one of them being that since announcing our pregnancy, this is definitely one of the most common questions that Connor and I have gotten, which is, are you planning to vaccinate your child? And uh, we have our own natural instincts around that and really just hadn't gotten to diving into the topic too much more. I think mostly because we've been so excited about all these other realms of pregnancy, uh, which feel like they are coming like first in naturally coming now in our timeline of figuring things out. However, it is a topic that, you know, like I said, we have our natural instincts around, we have our, we have feelings around and also have felt a desire to like look into it a little more. And one of the first people I thought of was Chantel. And she's just a really amazing human. She's a blogger, um, she's a mother, she's, um, a great communicator and a really genuine person. She's a good friend of ours. She's also been doing vaccination research for over or around 10 years. And yeah, I just, I really appreciate the care that she puts into all the decisions she makes in her life for herself and for her son, Rozzy. And I don't know if you've, if you haven't checked out her stuff yet, I really recommend her blog. And she also has a podcast where she dives into so many cool topics um, on her blog specifically around natural parenting and um, attachment parenting and some other things and I know she's branching out now and she'll talk a little bit about that so I just wanted to give a little intro on this before I bring her on this we recorded this with the intention of it being a podcast and also a video so this is going to be an extended video which is on the Connor and Brittany lifestyle and family channel so you can check that out if you want to watch it, or you can keep listening here if you just want to listen to it. Um, yeah, so I believe that is it. There's going to be a ton of resources mentioned, and I will link them in the description below. Thank you all so much, and I hope that you enjoy. Hey, beautiful people. My name is Brittany, and today I'm here with Chantel Quick. Hello. Hello. Hi. You may have seen Chantel on our channel before. We talked about period sex. Talked about period sex, and then we had another one, a uh, parenting one. Yeah, yep. that one was fun. And today we're going to be talking about vaccines. Ooh. Yeah, and like the vaccination of 
younglings specifically as Connor and I are pregnant. And that's actually one of the questions we've been getting most often is like, are you guys gonna vaccinate your child? And I actually like, I haven't really thought about it much because I've been really excited about pregnancy. And one of the first things I thought was, oh, I'm gonna ask Chantel what she does. And I really admire like the research that you do and also your choices. And I think like a lot of I get the sense that a lot of our natural instincts and intuitions are similar. So, totally. um, so that's kind of my background on it. And also, I will say that about five years ago, I went to a presentation given by Dr. Toomey Johnson at the Woodstock Fruit Festival on vaccination, and it was it was really good. So I feel like I have that like in my sphere. But overall, I think this will be good because I'm kind of like a noob in the area yeah and i have my natural instincts and connor has his and like what we naturally feel like we want to do mm -hmm. and also it's just like a fun topic to explore yeah yeah totally cool okay so can you start by telling us a little bit just like give people a sense of who you are in terms of like how you share your life and your knowledge with the world and then also maybe just share like who you are as a mother yeah, so I um, I started a blog, uh, so, it's 2015, so three years ago now, wow. Um, I started a blog, it's called earthbasedmom.com, maybe some people know about it. Um, and it originally started out as like just a parenting blog, mostly like um, like gentle parenting and like discipline and unschooling and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but gradually over time, it's um, more of who... I am and like my passions have really started to come out and since April I've I took a really long break because yeah. I've noticed that there's just something that like I want to put out into the world and I noticed that my blog was going to be the content that I was putting out was going to look a lot different so yeah. and and what that looks like is it's just more um, about health and women's health and um, immunity something we're going to talk about today cool. um, and yeah, so it looks more like that and less about um, like the, the hands-on attachment parenting um, and just more like health in general with kids and, and adults and women mostly, yeah. women and children. So um, yeah, so I have my blog and then what was your other question? Well, I'm also curious for you to tell them about your podcast. Oh, yes. And also just about like Rosie. Yeah, so I also have a podcast. It's called Radical Ruminations. You can check that out. I actually have um, two episodes that um, I have recorded but are not published yet. And one cool. is about what we're talking about. Oh, today. that's awesome. Cool. So, um, like that. yeah, I can look for that hopefully in the near future. Um, and then, so yeah, I have my podcast. And yeah, I have a mom. Um, I, I have a mom, yes, I also am a mom. <laughs> I am a mom. I have a four-year-old. He just turned four. Oh my gosh, four. I can't he's four. Yeah, he's four. And um, it's great and challenging and all the things. Um, and I want more kids soon. So, yeah. That's okay. going to happen. That's so exciting. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I think, yeah, the first thing I want to ask you about is... How are you feeling about talking about this topic? Um, it's always scary for me yeah. to put it out this particular topic out in such a public way. Um, it's probably the most polarized issue in our world today, well, I think, um, or one of the. And so, um, 
Yeah, it's always scary, and I, I feel like the more I talk about it as the years go go on, I think more and more people know where I'm at with this now. Yeah, um, it gets easier. Yeah, um, and it, it's still you know there are still certain people who uh, you just can't talk about it around, or who I've learned that you can't talk about it around. Um, so it's it's scary, but it's also exciting. Like there's yeah. so much information. There's it's so like this is something that just really lights me up to talk about, and so it's really exciting. And um, at the same time, I'm like, oh, I hope everyone doesn't just hate me and yeah. think that I'm like the worst person on earth because you know some people do think that people in my position are the worst people on earth. So. Um, it's vulnerable, but it's also something that I'm really passionate about and really excited to share. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here for yeah. it. Yeah. I'm really, really grateful for it. For, like, the world and this platform, or maybe these platforms, and also, like, for me. When this topic came up for you, either, you know, in pregnancy or when Rosie was on the outside of your body, what was your first natural instinct around it? Yeah, so I was just telling my partner this morning that I feel really blessed and that for whatever reason this came into my awareness years before I ever had a child. Oh cool. So um, unlike I would say the vast majority of parents who hold the position that I do, which we'll talk about soon I'm sure, um, I didn't have to learn the hard way. So most people, um, you know, they will vaccinate a child and something goes wrong and so that's what most people that's how most people come to the decision to not vaccinate right um, I feel really blessed in that I didn't have to learn the hard way um, I like I said for whatever reason this was just something that was really interesting to me around the time that I was really transforming my own state of health yeah. so I was really like changing my diet and getting off my prescription medications and I stopped taking just like over-the-counter medications for every like pain and sickness and then and I knew I wanted kids someday, so I, um, this just came up. I knew that that was a decision parents had to make, so I started thinking about it. And to be honest, and I know a lot of people don't like hearing this, and I don't say this very much, um, but for me, the decision was very easy, and it was very intuitive. Yeah. Um, it's not something I had to scour over all the research. I've done that since I've made my decision, because people like proof, and they like want to see the science, and they want... Right the claims backed up and that's great um, and, and I can provide all that but I wasn't someone that just that just wasn't for me to me the answer was so intuitive and so obvious and clear from the get-go yeah um, it just the idea of um, artificial immunity didn't fit into my paradigm of health and living that I that that I was grounding into. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And do you feel like as you did research and like learned more, was there anything that sort of like changed how you felt about that from your original like natural instinct? <clears throat> so my position on it never changed, but I definitely learned a lot. Yeah. You know, so like, um, you know, while, so I guess we can just put it out there, you know, I don't vaccinate my child. Right. Um, while that position never changed, um, and if anything, it only like further confirmed it. Cool. I did learn just so much about um, health and immunity, and um, you know, just the whole system and the whole um, you know, the, the pharmaceutical care system and the 
and doctors and incentives and I, I learned about just that whole <clears throat> system and how it works. Um, I learned about just more deeply about health and like more intricacies of our body. So like, um, you know, the different types of immune responses and the blood brain barrier and gut health. Like I learned about a lot yeah, totally. in my research that I didn't know before. Yeah, it's super fascinating mm -hmm. stuff. It is. It is really fun. And I've been doing this for almost a decade, like researching this and just like keeping up with the information surrounding this. And it's still so like fun and exciting. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Amazing. Like anyone who talks to me about it, they're like, you. You're such a geek. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm a super geek about it. Good. Okay. Well, I think they were about ready for you to geek out, like oh. to get into geek mode about okay. this. So yeah, that was going to be my next question, which is just like, what do you choose to do and why and just kind of let you launch into like just all the cool stuff i think also especially for people who might not know what they want to do or might have a natural inclination one way yeah. or another or just looking for more information and maybe this could serve as like um you know obviously there's a plethora of information so much we way more than here. we could. could be here all day yeah yeah but maybe we can like kind of start yeah. to plant some seeds yeah so um so what i do i just said and that's, um, so what I want to say from that, first of all, is to trust your instincts. And, and if you're like, I don't know what my instincts are, trust that and know that you don't have to make any decisions until, and I wouldn't recommend you make a decision right. until you feel confident in your decision. And, and that means like no matter what your decision is, like regardless of what I say and don't listen to what I say, like go look for yourself yeah but um even if if your decision is to fully vaccinate on schedule at every doctor's visit or if it's to delay vaccination some and do a more of a delayed schedule um, or you know if it's like me and i choose to opt out fully and completely whatever your decision is you have to feel so good about yeah um, or that's at least what i would recommend um or else it's just gonna like nag at you you know i see i've seen parents on both ends actually yeah for sure who vaccinate and who don't and it's just like they don't know what to do and that to me is what feels like the the, the hardest thing i can't i can't personally imagine i wouldn't want to be in that position of um not feeling super rooted and confident in my choice surrounding my child's health for sure um so i feel really blessed that i do have that I feel super confident in that decision, like 110%. There's no part of me that ever questions that. Um, and so, yeah, I would say um, a place where people can start. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. Like if, if you are uncertain. Yes, that's great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would just start by going to the CDC's website and um, just looking at the ingredients. And vaccines, you know, just like you would hopefully for the food that right. you're feeding your child or any medication that you're going to give your child. Um, you want to know what they're consuming. You want to know what they're putting in their body. You can even look at the doses if you want. Um, all that information is there. Um, and, and you won't likely recognize all of the ingredients on the CDC ingredient list and you can just research them individually. So if you look at it, if you look at an ingredient, it says bovine calf serum. And you're like, what's that? You can look it up and the yeah. internet will tell you. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, like choose your sources wisely. I don't mean like just Google it and go with the first Google, um, you know, search that pops up. But um, I feel like people can use their 
best judgment as far as like what sources are um, reputable and what sources are not. And then if you you know do Google bovine calf serum and you're getting pages upon pages upon pages and they all say the same thing of what that is, then you can pretty much bet that's what that is. Um, yeah, so I feel like you asked a question yeah. after the like what I choose to do. Yeah, do you want me to ask you that question? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I want to talk about like the benefits of not vaccinating because to me it just seems like there's so many and I don't like, yeah, I don't know. There's so many ways to, there's yeah. so many ways to talk about there's this. There's so many ways to talk about this. I could talk about it all day. The whys are infinite, I feel like. I mean, oh, it's almost easier to talk about like why Which not. is good. Which is, right. Well, which is good because I think there's a big misconception. I see this a lot is people think that people who don't vaccinate do it because of autism. Um, that's literally maybe one of like a thousand reasons. Wait, can you repeat that again? Because I'm just trying to wrap my head around. Yeah, so a lot of people, um, I see this a lot, people think that those who don't vaccinate, so people like myself, do so. So we don't vaccinate yeah. because we don't want our kids to get autism. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, which is one of the nice benefit. Yes, but the, the counter-argument to that is, well, I'd rather my kid have autism than polio, but that's not exactly how it works. Like, that's just not the reality of the world that we live in today. Those aren't our two choices. Oh, yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah, those aren't our two choices. Um, we, you know, we're not going to have... Um, polio isn't here anymore. People are going to say, yeah, because of vaccines, and that's not actually true. Polio isn't here. Many diseases aren't. We don't see them so widespread anymore like we used to because um, we have better sanitation policies. We have clean water. We have access to clean water. We have sewage systems, you know, yeah. these things that we used to not have. And so disease was um, more widespread and easily, um, people could easily contract disease. Um, but that's just not the case anymore. If you go to like a third world country um, that is rampant with disease and yeah, you could vaccinate everyone, and you would, you would, you would see a decline in disease. You would also see an incline over time. If you continued to implement all these vaccinations, you would see an incline like you see in the states or developed nations in you know chronic disease, autoimmune disease, developmental delays, and stuff like that. Um, but if you go to a third world country and you clean it up, you know, if you give them clean water, sewage systems, things like that, you'll also see the eradication of disease. Yeah. And so I would rather focus on that personally. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, can we talk a little bit about natural immunity while we're yeah, in this yeah. room? Yeah. So um, one of the biggest reasons I don't vaccinate. I don't want to say it's the big, one of the biggest reasons. All the reasons are so big. But this is a really important one that I want people to understand. Is that um, the immunity that we are attempting to achieve through inoculation isn't the same as immunity that we get via transmission naturally. So if we like catch a disease in the wild, and by just in the wild I just mean naturally. So like um, whenever it, disease begins in the nose and the throat and the mouth. And it enters into your system, sorry, excuse me. And, um, you know, it, it goes through a process through your body whenever you catch a disease naturally um, called, this is actually called cellular immunity, I believe. And that whenever you 
inject a disease into the, the muscle tissue and into the bloodstream um, is what it does is it triggers um, an artificial response of antibodies and that's the point they're trying to trigger antibodies but that process really isn't supposed to happen until the body has received the message that disease has entered you know what I mean yeah and so whenever we're doing it um, through injection which is called humoral humoral um, immunity h-u-m-o-r-a-l um, it's very confusing to the body and right. by triggering all of these um, ant antibodies before like artificially before the body has recognized that there's um, disease it um, it really messes up the immune system. Oh yeah, of course. So actually, um, the all of these vaccinations um, have a reverse effect where your it actually weakens your immune system over time. And so, <clears throat> whenever a disease enters your body naturally, it what the body's doing um, is basically like understanding it on a more cellular level so and it's processing it through like the process of it is so necessary because it goes through the nose and the throat and like it's in the mucous membranes and you know into the gut and you know it's like there's all these things and like I'm not I don't know all the technicalities of cellular immunity you can look it up like there's a lot of information on this process but um, basically it's, it's just a it's a necessary process of um, contracting a disease right basically that we're not going to get with artificial immunity and so whenever we are injecting disease we're not actually immune to the disease um, we might be but only temporarily right so we're not going to have lifelong immunity from vaccination which is why we have to give things like boosters and give infants the same vaccination like five times before they're six years old or something so I would encourage everyone to really research um, cellular versus humoral immunity. It's really fascinating, and I can give you a few resources if you want. Yeah, I'll definitely yes. get a bunch from you. Yeah, so um, if you just look in the description box that Brittany will fill out, then yeah, you can see that I there's going to be a couple podcasts on there and then a couple of articles too that I can link that about great. that. This is also and they go like more in depth than I could here, but it's really interesting. Perfect. Yeah. And I think like for anybody who might be totally new to this topic too, like just hearing that that's like what a like what is a vaccination? It's like an injection of the disease in this way, like right. into your muscle tissue. And so like it it makes sense in some way to inject um, a, a lower dose of the disease into your body so that your body can recognize it so that, you know, you become quote unquote immune to it. But, um, because the idea of this came from, so a lot of people like to talk about herd immunity, uh -huh. um, which is the idea that, uh, my vaccine doesn't work unless everyone does it. Right. So the idea of herd immunity came from natural, the theory of natural immunity, which is whenever they found that when a group of those animals, I think like cows at the time, it, was like, it happened with like cowpox, I believe. Um, whenever a, a, a group contracted a disease and they were all immune to it now. So they had tried to replicate this idea through vaccination. Um, it, but it just doesn't work because it's not the same. It's not the same immunity. We're not having the same types of immune responses or immune processes, I should say, um, through vaccination that that we get naturally. Yeah. So that's the issue with herd immunity. 
it's so interesting too and like not to oversimplify things but like whenever talking about a health related topic i think like there's like no real shortcut for natural health and i think it's interesting how like as a modern society we're looking for that in all these weird ways yeah um totally i i was gonna say something earlier when you asked about my why it's like a friend and I were talking one time about how the decision to vaccinate or not um, um, amongst you know people who really care about this topic, it seems the polarization ultimately comes down to like um, people's fundamental views on like life and death and, and, and reality wow. and like how they view life in general. Because if, if so I'll just talk about for me, for me, this decision, it's deeply personal in that like my ultimate goal is like, I just want to remain in integrity with my highest truest self. Yeah. And I have a deep trust and a deep reverence for nature because I see it as um, it's an extension of me. I'm an extension of it. And, and I have, so, and I have like a trust for that system. Um, a greater trust for that system than I do in, in this um, constructed allopathic Western medicine system that um, causes a lot of obstruction in, in the body, as I see it. And so, yeah, so for me, it's about remaining in integrity. And I don't think, you know, and then people who, who choose the other way, which I don't, I'm not saying is necessarily bad or I'm, I'm not shaming it, but it seems that, um, there's more of a trust, um, there's less of a trust in, in, the, in that system and more of a trust in um, the medical system right. and, and the way that we view health and sickness in the medical system, which is to, um, yeah, it's a lot of like covering up and like yeah. killing things and, and it's, it's a lot of intervention, right? Yeah. Um, whereas in, in nature, I feel like it's more of like, removing uh maintaining what it was already given yeah it's like integration versus intervention right um so because i have a trust for that system i feel like my job is to just maintain what was given to yeah. me rather than um put in all this extra to try to get some result out that was probably caused by the intervention in the first place yeah. or something totally yeah I love that. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, well, looking over like some of the notes that you wrote down of things that were, that feel like important to share about, are there specific areas that you'd like to talk a little bit about? Yeah, um, I, I mean, there's so many things that I wanna say, but what I'm looking at right now is that um, the topic of vaccines, it's not as like, it's so complex and it's so nuanced, you know? Yeah. Like there's all these different um, layers and variables in the topic of vaccination. And so what I want to say is that it is, this is like such a deeply personal decision well, yeah. that, and going back to what we were just talking about with like um, integrity, uh, like self-integrity and how I see that for myself, because it's so deeply personal, it's like nobody can say what is best what best serves my body yeah um, that can only totally be up to me 
and that can only be totally up to you, person watching. That's for you, it's only totally up to you. And so um, where there is so much risk, and there is so much risk in vaccinating, we can just look at the, you know, the VAERS, which stands for the Vaccine Adverse Reaction Reporting System, something like that. Um, we can just see how many cases of reported vaccine injury and death there are. And so we know, and, and that, by the way, that's only like because people don't know how to spot a vaccine reaction and because so many doctors tell parents that it's not related mm -hmm. and because people don't even know that you can report reactions, it's thought that only a very small percentage of vaccine adverse reactions are reported. Um, but this year alone, I think there's been about um, almost 42,000 oh reports in the database. And this is a government database. You can also link that at the bottom too. Yeah. But where there is that much risk, it has to be a personal choice. Yeah. Um, and, and we have to allow people to have that choice. And then the, and the minute we mandate these types of medical um, interventions or these types of medical procedures, and these are like, these are um, like, these are pharmaceutical drugs. These are medical interventions. It's no different than, um, you know, we would never require everyone take the same medication because we know that everyone is going to react differently to medications and we just don't have that view on vaccinations. We assume that it's a one-size-fits-all model and it's not. And because everyone's internal terrain is so different, everyone is going to have a variety of reactions and responses to this medical intervention. And so first we have to acknowledge that and we have to acknowledge that there's so much risk that is um, possible in vaccinating. And so where there's that, it has to be a personal decision. Um, so it really worries me. Um, like I said, I don't care what anyone chooses to do because my immune health and my child's immune health is my responsibility. So I don't need anyone else to do anything for us, for us to be healthy. But it's like the minute people start saying that like this needs to be mandated and that everyone needs to be vaccinated or the parents who don't vaccinate need to go to jail or have their kids taken from them. Like that's scary to me because, mm -hmm. um, you know, if they can mandate this medical procedure, who says that they can't like, then they can, you know, that's, that's medical fascism. You know what I mean? Like they right. could do anything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think that is? I know we kind of like, we were talking about this a little before how, how much resistance and fear comes up for people like, say for people who have chosen to vaccinate and they're afraid like for maybe their children to be around other children who aren't vaccinated. What do you think that fear is that's coming up for them? And, and I guess like maybe that's already hitting on it, but why do you think there's so much resistance around that? Yeah, I think it's a few things. I think it goes back to a little bit what we were talking about earlier and, and I was talking about um, my trust and reverence with my natural self and I believe it comes it's like a we, we live in a lot of fear um, I see Western allopathic medicine as a fear-based model at its core like fundamentally it's a disempowered model so basically everyone's a victim until Western medicine saves you with a with vaccines let's say in this situation so um, we are coming from the basis of you are a victim until you know, we help you, we save you, right? Like you as you are, are not 
um, whole and capable and um, healthy and vital. You know, we uh, you need our intervention. Yeah. And so, I think fundamentally, um, because we are so inundated with that model, like that, you know, it's kind of like a, a god. You know, if my god is. Um, if my reverence and, and my trust is in nature, other people see their doctors as a god. So I think when we're coming from this place of um, you're not okay until I help you, then we can. it's really easy to operate from a fear-based um, perspective. And so people don't trust their bodies. They don't trust um, what it's capable of. They don't trust their immune systems. You know, they've been taught that um, they're susceptible and weak until they have you know the intervention and so I think that fear from parents is I think it's just that I think it's I think it's fear and not trusting um, and not feeling empowered in, yeah. their, in their own health and in their own health care I come from the position of my health and my child's health is my responsibility yeah. and from that place um, it's actually very freeing because then it doesn't matter what anyone else does whereas um, if you look at the medical model then the position is quite the opposite it's I can only be healthy if you all do these things right and so right there you're you're like you can't really win yeah you've given away your you've power. given away your power to other people and to the doctor so um, once I took you know, my authority and sovereignty over my own body and like my family's health as well, obviously, then, then yeah, it's just so much more freeing to like live in the world that way yeah. because then, then my side of the street is taken care of. So, you know, for example, um, a big issue that comes up is um, with live virus vaccines. So many uh, vaccinations are a live virus vaccines with a live virus vaccine which means that they can shed for up to 30 days and this is all provided in the vaccine insert with that comes the manufacturing insert that comes with the vaccine um so so this isn't like hidden information but some vaccines have the potential to shed um so it's actually very true that many recently vaccinated individuals can just as well and as easily and do very often shed the disease that they're vaccinated for because they were injected with a live virus. So now that they, now they have found remnants of it in the nose and the throat and they're spreading it to other people. So I could easily, you know, be like, Vac uh, recently vaccinated individuals are making my child sick. Um, and, and, you know, there, there could be some truth to that because actually my son did get hand, foot, and mouth disease, which comes from the polio vaccine, which you can also put, I have links, you can put links to that in the description box too. Um, he got it so mildly though. Yeah. Like, some people get hand, foot, and mouth really bad. Um, he got it, it was so mild, and which I'm thankful for, which just goes to show that like, um, it's really more about the internal terrain than it is the pathogen that's coming in. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would concern myself with my own body and taking care of my own body than I would concern myself with what's out there and like yeah. what could, you know, because if your internal terrain is taking care of, it doesn't, so, it doesn't matter so much, um, you know, what's coming in. So he got hand, foot, and mouth really mildly and I could easily blame 
you know, vaccines for that. And the truth is that he probably did get it from a person that was recently vaccinated with polio vaccine, because that is where it came, that's where it comes from. Um, or at least someone who got it from that, right. and then, you know, it just spreads. Um, but that's not, like, I don't, I take, like, my responsibility is to me and to him and our immune system. So it's a very freeing place to live from. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about, like, just some interesting things about vaccination. Maybe, like, I know that you shared something about vaccination in the U.S. specifically as opposed to other areas. Yeah, so I want people to understand that our ideas surrounding health and disease are really culturally influenced. So, um, for example, in the U.S., the vaccination, the childhood vaccination schedule is much more, as in like, uh, more vaccines are required. I think it's like 54 doses by the time a child is six or something like Whoa. that. It's crazy. Um, as opposed to other developed nations, like in Europe, where they don't, that's, they don't have that many vaccines on the schedule. So, and in Europe, um, for example, in Europe, they don't vaccinate for chickenpox. And we do vaccinate for chickenpox now. We didn't when we were kids. Mm. But now, if you notice, currently in the U.S., there's this huge outcry um, about chickenpox outbreaks, and it's all anti-vaxxers' fault. And there's just all of this fear now surrounding chickenpox, which was once a very common, benign, necessary childhood disease. Um, so understand that like our fears and ideas around disease are really, um, it, there's a lot of propaganda that goes into it to, you know, get people to do things like vaccinate for chickenpox. Right. Um, and in Europe, that's just like, that's just not an issue, you know, cause they, I think they, they understand that like chickenpox is chickenpox. Yeah. Um, so little things like that, where we have to see that it's um, how we're being influenced, and also there's also this idea that um, everyone needs to be vaccinated for herd immunity. So adults, on the other hand, though, are not up to date on all of their vaccinations. So the idea is like if 80 something percent. If at least 80 to 90% of people are all vaccinated or children mostly, we usually just push childhood vaccinations. We don't so much push the adult schedule. So that's another thing to really look at is why don't we push the adult schedule? Yeah, um, Yeah. the idea is if 80 to 90%, some percentage like that are vaccinated, then you know we can have herd immunity. Um, on the other hand, all of us adults, um, there's only, I think, the statistic, I don't know the statistic, it's a very small number, like 15 to 20% of adults follow the adult schedule. Um, so the vast majority of us haven't been vaccinated since we were teenagers, which means that we don't have immunity to any of that stuff anymore. Right. Because it's, it's not lifelong immunity. And to keep having immunity to those diseases, we need to be continually vaccinated throughout life. And we're not. So we don't actually have a, um, herd immunity in the adult population. And, you know, we are doing pretty good. So I think that's something really important for people to take note of and to look at is that we don't push the adult schedule like we push the childhood schedule. Um, and I don't know. I don't have the answers really to why that is. Um, but I do know that it's only a very, very small percentage of adults who do follow that schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I'm specifically curious if there's 
things that I remember when I was growing up, there were certain things that I was required to get vaccinations to be able to do. And I really hated getting injections and I would just kind of like fight my doctor on everyone. Mm -hmm. And and I'm curious if there's things that you feel like Rosy is excluded from because of that or that there's like some sort of, or if he were in like certain places like public school or I'm not even sure where they might be. Yeah, um, no, there's a misconception that children are required to be vaccinated to go to school. And the moment anyone says that, I'm like, okay, you haven't done any vaccine research because that's not true at all. I think the only state that that, that is true in is California, maybe, maybe one other state, like maybe Virginia or something. Um, and even in California, there's ways, you know, you, can, you can get, like, I, I believe <clears throat> medical exemptions are possible in California. I'm not sure. Um, but no, especially in Texas, which is where we are, um, no, that's not true at all. It's actually like super easy to go to public school and not be vaccinated. Um, I know dozens upon dozens of people who have kids in public school who do not vaccinate their child. It's as easy as going to um, a website and getting, um, requesting an affidavit to be sent to your house and they'll send you the affidavit, you go get it notarized and then um, and, it, and instead of turning in like um, proof of immunizations or you know whatever you would turn into the school you just turn in the notarized affidavit. Cool. It's really simple actually. I'm hearing that I feel like it's such like crap that people are told like oh, you yeah. have to get this. Yeah the schools push it as like mandated and required and those are just those are just words. Yeah. Um, they're not it's not true at all. So. Yeah just tell me more. I want to hear all the things in your brain. Yeah so Another thing that I really want people to know is that this is all really experimental. Like, our kids are guinea pigs right now. Like, there's been no other country that, one, vaccinates at the number that we do, um, the number of doses that we do. Um, nowhere else in the history of Everdom has, have they vaccinated this amount. Um, in these combinations, uh, combining doses. So what they do now is they combine um, vaccines and they combine doses. So like um, the idea was that instead of going to the doctor and giving you know kids all of these different injections, we'll just put all of it into one injection. You know, so the idea was to like eliminate some suffering. Which okay, that's kind, I guess. But um, that that the the act of Doing so has actually there's um, there's there was never no like formal um, like the CDC has not conducted any studies showing the safety of doing so and there have actually been some independent studies. Um, Dr. Neil Z. Miller, he's really amazing. Um, he's a researcher and doctor. He's done some studies, conducted some good studies, and we can also provide links to that. Um, showing that combining vaccines like that actually had a very detrimental effect. So, yeah, like, just, like, this is just all so experimental, and it's all so new, and right now they're coming out with, like, their answer to everything is just a vaccine. So right now there's, like, vaccines in the works for acne and the common cold, and, you know, now we have a lot of proof that this new childhood disease um, hand, foot, and mouth disease that is so popular now. 
um, comes from the polio vaccine because um, it's a live virus shedding vaccine. And so their answer for, for hand, foot, and mouth is another vaccine for that. So, I mean, they're just like, I have, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, in 20, 30, 50 years from now, we viewed the common cold like we're looking at measles right now. And so like when our grandparents were young, measles were so, I mean, you watch the Brady Bunch and they all got the measles and they were like playing, you know, in the bed board games while they had the measles and it was no big deal. And yeah. now it's like, oh my God, measles. And like people freak out about the measles. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if in so many years down the road, that's how, what we do about the cold, you know, the common yeah. cold, um, whenever we get a vaccine for it. And so really understand that once there's a vaccine out, um, a, a fear narrative around that disease comes into the public domain. So um, that's something that's like really important to look at. And, and just like I said, this is all super experimental. Um, the, the tests and the, the data of, about like the effectiveness and the safety is like happening in real time with our kids. Like it's not like these, the way that we vaccinate now was heavily and thoroughly researched, um, you know, with all of these doses and we just keep getting more and more. I think when we were kids, there was maybe like 10 doses by the time and now it's like 54 and it's only gonna grow. And so I ask, I wanna ask people like, where's the limit, you know, like when does this become, you know, not okay because People will argue that the additives in vaccines are, you know, just trace amounts or small amounts. And maybe in one. Right. But once you get to like 54, it's like that collects in the tissue of your body. Yeah. And so, um, and, and these ingredients are not like um, harmless ingredients either. Like they are classified carcinogens and neurotoxins and it collects over time in the body and it doesn't we at like we don't even know the long-term effects right. because we've only been doing vaccinating this way in such a short amount of time that we haven't even lived long enough to see like how this is going to affect us down the line and so we are literally um this is all a big experiment that's happening right now and like that's just not good enough for me as a parent to like make that decision yeah another really interesting thing that I would like encourage, I would like everyone to research, I would encourage everyone to research is um, the blood brain barrier, which I, I think I sort of mentioned at the very beginning. Um, and it's something that I never knew about until I started researching vaccines, but essentially um, we all have a, a blood brain barrier. And essentially what that is, it's a um, filtering mechanism that um, of the capillaries that carries blood to the brain and the tissues and the spinal cord. And its job is to um, basically block or filter out the passage of any uh, of you know certain substances that could potentially be harmful. And what they found in some really good studies, and you can link that too, um, is that there are ingredients in fact in vaccines that, um, that they pass um, the blood-brain barrier. So they actually, um, the blood brain barrier doesn't like filter that out. Wow. They cross it, they cross the, the blood brain barrier and they do get into that, um, you know, those tissues and things like that. So that's really scary too yeah. when I think about that. Yeah. Um, there's a really, really good book by Dr. Neil Z. Miller, who I mentioned. It's called, I'm just gonna look because it's on my, 
Um, it's called uh, Miller's Review, the critical um, 400 critical vaccine studies summarized for parents. So basically, it's like 400 studies, and um, and it tells you like what the study like. You can it gives you all the information about the study so that you can go like look it up on your own. But basically, they're just summarized for wow, you because cool. you know vac uh, studies, um, peer reviewed studies are sometimes like hard to like sift through like all of the information because it's a lot of information. So this book, um, all the studies are just summarized for you. Um, but they do give you the complete information. So if you wanted to read the full study, then you could go look that up on your own. Yeah, that sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, great resource. Mm -hmm. I'm excited that you have all these resources and that you have a podcast coming out. Yeah, um, with, I'll tell you with who. Her name is Ashley Everly, and she created the Vaccine Guide, which is amazing. So if anyone, you actually, I think you would love it. Okay, so cool. it's, um, it's www.vaccine.guide and basically she she's a mom she's a toxicologist and she um, had she has two children the first one of whom was severely vaccine injured and so she started researching vaccines heavily and she used it used her education in toxicology to like really um, it, it supported her research methods and like how she did research and she's a really reputable source I would say and she took the time and just like collected so much data wow. over this and she's like healed her child like they're doing a um, they eat like primarily like fruit-based raw plant-based diet and um, her child is doing a lot better she didn't vaccinate her second one but she has a really awesome story and so yeah she created the vaccine guide and it's just packed full of resources it's amazing and I think there's like a membership fee to view the complete guide it's basically like an online binder is what wow. she did and so um I, I interviewed her that's who i interviewed that's so exciting yeah and it's just such a good resource there's like everything you can think of is there and she includes so many studies like a lot of the studies that i cited are from that binder she's really good i want to check it out yeah and then two other podcasts i would say to check out is um there's a podcast called Medicine Stories with Amber Magnolia Hill, and the episode is called Real Immunity. This is where she talks a little bit about um, cellular immunity, and also she has um, Scylla Whatcott, I think is her name, on the show, um, if that's a really good episode. And then there's also a podcast, um, The Wise Traditions Podcast, episode 149, and it's titled The Vaccine Trade-Off. That's really good, too. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Well, I'm just blown away by all this. And love, like, I love the way you speak about this. I love how eloquently you express yourself. And Thank you. Yeah, it's just, it's such a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks. This feels like such a great resource. And such a great resource for me. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah, you can maybe, like, look back on this yeah. several times and, you know, go through the... Um, the sources that I cited and yeah, I'm going to yeah for sure Yeah, and I can write them down for you as well. Yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah um, Can you tell people where they can find you more? I know you kind of talked about that at the beginning But just so they can hear it and of course we'll link it in the description. Yeah, so I Go to Instagram. I would say I'm most active on Instagram these days. I do have a personal Facebook account, but my Instagram handle is at radical women blog so that's 
R-A-D-I-C-L-E, not A-L, Radical Women Blog. And then I also have a website, www.earthbasedmom.com. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks so much, Chantal. And also don't hate me because I love you all. Oh my gosh. You're so lovable. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Okay.